Hello and welcome back to another episode. Today we have an awesome topic and a special guest on. Today's topic is what is a cost segregation study and when does it make sense? Now, before we get into that, I just want to remind you that registration is now open on our Small Business Tax Saving Summit, and that's going to be held June 14th and 15th of 2022. And we also have a promotion running that if you sign up before November 30th of 2021, you'll get $150 off. If you're interested in learning more about our Small Business Tax Savings Summit, go to taxsavingspodcast.com forward slash summit. Again, today's topic is what is a cost segregation study? And when does it make sense? And and to kind of jump on and discuss that with everyone today, we have special guest Lester Cook with KPKG. Lester, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So this is a, a, a strategy or tax strategy that we talk a lot about it and, and really kind of this this stems around having real estate or some type of real estate within your entity, whether that's a rental property or it's a building that you might own as a business. So I just want to start out by kind of starting this question, Lester, by saying, what is a cost segregation study? What is cost segregation? Great. Uh, that's a great place to start. Um, so cost segregation is, is really, a, it's a strategic tax planning tool that companies and individuals use that have either purchased um, expanded, constructed, or remodeled any kind of real estate that they use to increase their cash flow and, and it accelerates deductions, um, thus by deferring federal tax and, and in some cases state income taxes. Awesome. So, you know, when would a cost segregation study make sense? What type of business owner or what type of rental property owner, uh, when would they start to say, yeah, a cost segregation is something that I may want to look into and, and, and see if it's something that's made for me? Yeah, so a, a couple of different criteria. Um, first thing is the the property needs to be income producing. So we, we do get a lot of questions from um, you know folks that may have Airbnbs or things like that, and um, or maybe even own their primary primary residence, asking about a cost set. And first and foremost, it needs to be income producing. Um, you know, and additionally, you need to have a tax liability. We we could do all kinds of accelerations, but if, if you don't have tax liabilities, then it doesn't doesn't really help you. Um, as far as timing, anytime you acquire a, a new piece of real estate, it's a great time for a cost segregation study. Anytime you construct a new piece of property, it's a great time for the cost segregation study. Um, fortunately, there's a mechanism that allows you to go back and take advantage of a cost segregation study, even if you hadn't done this in the past. Uh, maybe you're listening to this today, and you're just learning about it for the first time. So, geez, five years ago, I would have known that this existed, you know, I would have done it then. Well, we can still do that with an accounting method change. So really, um, you know, the short answer is anytime is a good time. Um, but, you know, ideally, it's as soon as you acquire or you construct a, a piece of property uh, or remodel a piece of property is a good time. Now, as far as going back, let's say we do have someone that's that's on and they maybe constructed a new prop piece of uh, real estate a while back. Is there a certain time period on when they can go back and, and adjust that or is it pretty much unlimited? Yeah, I mean, it's it's unlimited for all intents and purposes, right? You can go back to 1987. Um, you know, Tax Reform Act of 1986 is, is where this all kind of genesis from. Um, reality is, is you're not going to have depreciable basis. So generally what we say is, you know, 2000 is probably as far back as you're going to go um, because, you know, at, at year 2000, it's 
20 years ago for, and 39 year life properties halfway depreciated, there might not be much left on the bone to kind of accelerate. Um, but, you know, again, all intents and purposes, we can go back to, you know, the beginning of time, which is basically 1987. Okay. Now, it, when we're building a, a piece of property or something like that, is there a certain dollar amount where, yes, it makes sense? Or if we're putting a, you know, $100,000 shed onto our business property, does that make sense to do something like that? So is there a dollar threshold where it starts to be beneficial versus not? Yeah. Um, again, yes and no. It, it all depends on the circumstances, right? So um, generally speaking, we would say a million dollars of, of new construction activity in a commercial space is is what we need to see for a cost study to make sense um, between paying for the fees to complete a study and the acceleration and the timings and things like that. Um, with 100% bonus depreciation, we've seen that number go down to maybe $750,000 is where it would make sense. Um, from an acquisition standpoint, we've, we've got mechanisms where we can, you know, help with, uh, taxpayers that own residential properties that are as low as hundred thousand dollars in cost basis, and maybe even 50,000 in cost basis. Um, so, you know, the, the reality is, is there's, there's not truly a, a, a limit. We, we have solutions that can kind of fit every scenario. Okay. Now, when we're talking about a cost segregation study, just kind of go through the process. What is that? What's typically involved in the study? What, you know, where does it, what does the process of a cost segregation generally look like? Yeah, no, happy to. Um, so there's, there's really two different types of cost seg studies, just like there's two types of, of real estate transactions, right? There's a newly constructed and there's an acquired. Um, in a newly constructed uh, cost segregation study or newly constructed opportunity, um, you know, the, really the first thing that we start with is a general ledger download of all of the CWIP, um, you know, all of the costs that were incurred related to the, the project. And then we analyze that. Um, our team is, is filled with construction engineers, architects, you know, civil, um, you know, mechanical engineers, construction managers. Um, we've all got, you know, numerous years of experience going through cost records. Um, so we review all of these cost records and we componentize them based on, you know, the description, the contracts, you know, general things like that. Um, and then from there is where we apply the engineering-based principles and further components. So, you know, for example, um, you know, if you, your contractor gives you a set of a schedule of values is what it's referred to, and maybe there's only 10 lines of data on there that says, you know, concrete, electrical, plumbing, you know, and, and totals to $3 million. And all that we know in there is, you know, we spent $250,000 on plumbing. Well, we, we, ask for a set of blueprints for the property and essentially reverse engineer the building, um, working backwards to that, that dollar amount of the plumbing number and componentize the different aspects of plumbing that may be depreciated over a five-year period, a seven-year period, a 15-year period, and then the traditional 39-year life period. So, um, you know, it's, it's a, a labor-intensive process on our end of, of analyzing the blueprints um, but from a taxpayer's perspective, it's it's relatively hands-off. You kind of provide us the information and we take and run with it from there. Um, for an acquired property, um, those are a, a, a similar path. You know, obviously we don't have construction cost information. So at that point, you say, well, all we know is the building costs $2 million. So we go in and we reverse engineer the entire building, you know, based on some, you know, utilizing some uh, IRS approved costing materials. Um, but we then develop a cost basis for every single component of the property. And then from there, every single 
you know, short life, long life component of those components. So um, where there's some inherent value um, from an acquisition standpoint is not only are we going to bifurcate the, the five-year life property that you can accelerate, but we're also going to bifurcate things like the roof or the windows or the doors where, you know, in the future, I'm going to put a new roof on. So I want to take a disposition and those bases are there. Um, so really that that's what the processes are. It's just kind of doing a, a, a reverse engineer approach of the building. Got it. And when we talk about doing a cost segregation study, you know, what, what are the benefits that we're looking for? Why is someone saying, yeah, I want to explore a cost segregation? Yeah. So again, this is all a, uh, a cash flow um, benefit. Uh, it, you know, we're, we're reducing, accelerating deductions. We're not creating any more deductions. It's not a credit. It, we're just accelerating deductions that you would have taken over the next 39 years or 27 and a half years in terms of residential into a faster period, thus creating that cash flow. So, you know, looking at it from the perspective, if you've got a, a, a residential rental property, um, you know, of, of for every $1,000 of basis of that residential property that we can move from 27 and a half year life property to five year life property with 100% bonus right now, the present value of that is about $238. Um, so, you know, and from, from a commercial perspective, every thousand dollars that we move over is about $277. So, and, and that, that number is based on a, you know, a blended tax rate is, you know, roughly 40% tax rate and an 8% present value factor. But um, generally that's, that's what we end up seeing is, you know, every thousand dollars we move over is 250 to $300 of, of, of net present value in those deductions. Got it. So the idea behind it is traditionally we construct a, we do a renovation or we reconstruct a, a, a building. We have to traditionally that depreciation would run, you know, a, a fairly long time where we get to depreciate that property, but it's going to be the course over many years. And the idea behind a cost segregation study is okay. Let's let's look at the details of that specific project a little bit deeper and see if there's things that we can pull out of there that we can take from a, a longer depreciation schedule to a five-year or a seven-year or even a bonus depreciation where we're getting it all in the same year. So it's we're taking that depreciation that we're going to get eventually, but we're just moving it up into being available for us today versus 20 years down the road. Precisely. Precisely. Got it. Now, is there any kind of properties, you know, we talked about, you know, rental properties and, 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 Residential, what type of properties is this going to be available for? Is this putting up a new building that, you know, we're constructing a new building for a factory that we're putting up? Is this building a new rental property? Where, what, what is kind of allowed or where cost segregation would make sense? And what would be kind of an example of maybe a type of property or building that cost segregation would not qualify for? Yeah, so, you know, the, the great answer is, is this technique and this, uh, this strategy can be used on all types of properties. Um, again, as long as they're income producing properties um, and there's a cost basis there, there there's an opportunity um, where we see the most, uh, you know, interest in having a cost segregation study performed is in residential rental properties, um, you know, apartments, you know, whether they be small four flats in, in the city or, you know, some massive, you know, um, you know, track, you know, 300 unit apartment buildings that are built out in the suburbs or, you know, what have you. Um, that's where we see a, the, the majority of interest. Um, but also from, from things like strip centers, um, 
you know, office parks, off individual office buildings, um, you know, just about anything, factories, warehouses, um, you know, in terms of, of, you know, best bang for your buck, uh, reclassification rates on, on apartments are relatively high, you know, in, in that probably 15 to 25 and even more um, percentage of the total cost being able to, to accelerate, uh, you know, the, the, the deduction timeframe on um, and currently hundred percent bonus. So, you know, 20, say, say 20, 25% of the total cost you're spending, you get to write off immediately in, in the first year. Um, you know, things like office buildings, maybe those are you know, in that 15 to 20, 12, 12 to 20% range, things like that. Um, you know, warehouses are going to be a little bit less because there's just not as much in a warehouse. Um, but again, if you're talking a mega distribution center, that's got, you know, parking for hundreds of trucks and things like that. And, you know, all of that is, is short life property that's bonus eligible too. So, um, you know, tons of opportunities for everybody really. Yeah. Makes complete sense. And so, you know, as we're kind of looking at who's an ideal fit for this, it's basically somebody that is, has new construction, maybe older construction that we want to reclassify. Uh, but, but the key thing is having that taxable income because accelerating a depreciation or getting more depreciation today versus tomorrow only helps us if we have income that that can offset. So that's, that's kind of the key factor that comes into play there. Exactly. And, you know, the, the nice thing with the deductions too, is that they're not, you know, they're, they're not limited. Or like I said, they're limited somewhat in a carry forward capacity um, from the NOL rules perspective, but um, you know, as far as you know, if, if I'm accelerating hundred thousand dollars of deductions this year and I only, can only use fifty thousand, I, I don't lose that other fifty thousand. It, it still carries forward, um, but you know, it, it may not make a ton of sense, you know, to pay a, to have a cost sex study done if if you're accelerating just you know, if you can only use a fraction of the acceleration that you're looking at. Um, another key thing that you have to look at is passive activities, right? So. You know, and again, we, we do get some questions from from taxpayers that call us and say, hey, you know, I bought this rental property. Can I get a cost study done on it? So, yeah, absolutely. Well, also, by the way, I'm a doctor and that's how I spend my primary, you know, how I, my primary income comes in. So, you know, again, we can accelerate $100,000 of deductions maybe this year. But if you're if it's passive activity and the only uh, income you're having coming in is from that passive um, investment in that you know, that one apartment building, you know, maybe we're creating a hundred thousand dollars of deductions for $20,000 of income doesn't make a ton of sense. So uh, that's, that's the biggest factor to think about, um, you know, as you're contemplating whether to have a cost study done or not. Makes sense. And when we, you you kind of mentioned like cost and things like that, and I'm sure every cost seg is, is a different cost and kind of where we're looking at that, but, you know, generally talking, you know, let's just use an example of some, benefit of, of accelerated depreciation that we're getting kind of what, what, what do some of the costs, just as an example, look like for the study? Yeah. So, you know, a, a typical engineering based study that we would perform, um, you know, it, they're, they're always based on the amount of time and, and effort that we would take to complete the project. So, you know, saying that, you know, that, that mega, um, apartment complex with 30 buildings in the suburbs, it, that's going to cost more to have a study completed than, you know, the four flat in downtown Chicago. Um, you know, that being said, there's still, you know, some, some basis to it. So, um, you know, typically a, a caustic study ranges between 5,000 to say $15,000. Um, you know, again, there could be some that are a hundred thousand dollars. If you're talking about you know, a, a massive development or, 
$300 million casino or something like that. But, um, but generally speaking, it's at $5,000 to $15,000 range. Um, and then for the smaller properties that I mentioned, you know, those $50,000, $100,000 single family houses or something like that, we, we do have a solution on our website that's, you know, it gives it a, an opportunity for a $400 kind of do it yourself, um, you know, high level cost sex study called our RCS. Awesome. Well, this has been, uh, you know, super helpful, and I think it provides a lot of insight for those that are that this might qualify for. And for everybody listening, we're going to have a website that's in the show notes that you can go to learn a little bit more about kind of what we've talked about today, as well as get a time uh, to set up a call with Lester or, or someone on Lester's team to kind of discuss would this make sense for you? And if it does, you know, go ahead and move forward with kind of doing that with uh, Lester and his team at KPKG. So Lester, I just want to thank you for, for coming on and, and sharing these insights. This again is, is, is a great tax strategy and, and, and way to um, accelerate that depreciation, get some expenses today that typically would not come years from now um, as long as it's a good fit for whoever may be looking for it. So I appreciate you taking the time today. And like I said, everybody, we will have, uh, a link in the show notes to take you to a webpage specific to cost segregation where you can um, dive deeper and set up a call with Lester and his team. We also, on our tax minimization program, had a webinar that we did with KPKG that will have additional details on there. For those, So for those of you that are members of our tax minimization program, uh, feel free to check out our cost seg uh, area on there. And then for those of you not members, you can check it out at taxsavingspodcast.com forward slash tax. So Lester, I just want to thank you for jumping on and, and I appreciate you taking the time today. Oh, thank you for having me, Mike. More than happy to be here and uh, happy to, to spread the, the cost of gospel to everybody. Awesome. Well, thank you listeners for joining another episode and I'll see you guys next week.